0: Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with writer guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. And welcome to another Growing the Game with Ballsy, brought to you by our great sponsors, Pizza Hut in Saskatchewan and David Dubay and the Concord Group of Companies. Thanks to him for his continued support and congratulations, Mr. Dubay, on your Order of Canada Award. That is outstanding recognition for an outstanding individual. Thanks to Christina to catch and Face First Medical Aesthetics for getting on board. You're looking after your body early here in 2021. How about rejuvenating that face in a naturally looking way with our good friends over there at Face First Medical Aesthetics above Gabbles on Dudney Avenue in downtown Regina by Mark Greshner Photography? Check out his awesome work at markgreshner.com. By Rivier Egg Seeds in Radville. Thanks to Paul Rivier and his outstanding family over there. They know everything there is to know about egg seeds. They'll help you out. Check out Rivier Ag Seeds in Radville, uh, their webpage and Facebook and all that type of stuff. Thanks to Paul Rivier for getting on board. Doubles at Egg Sales in Weyburn. Corey Zadaraznia getting the grain hauling, grain marketing, and crop insurance game with. Corey Zatarosniak doubles at egg Sales. Paul Waldo over at Royal LePage in Regina in the real estate game. Call him 306-502-5355. He's a three-time Grey Cup champ, and he knows the lay of the land now in terms of backyards and homes. In the real estate game, and by our friends Zelko and Deb Stefanovic over there at SAS Selects Football, operating out of the Yar ER Center in Moose Jaw, building the gridiron stars of tomorrow today, and that's what this podcast is all about—mainly about amateur football and our stars and coaches and builders. And we'll have many more of those joining us on the podcast. But we're going to talk about a guy that played. He's from Windsor, went to UBC, tried out for the Jets, played for your Rough Riders. Then in April, went down on a whim. Took a chance once the CFL season was canceled and gave it his best to try to make the San Francisco 49ers. He did and has just recently signed a futures contract for the 2021 season that'll ensure he's going to go to training camp with the 49ers. So that's great news for Dakota Shepley, a really good guy. I caught up with him just at the tail end of the regular season as they were wrapping up playing out of Arizona because of the coronavirus and the fact that California had been shut down. So. Here's my conversation with Dakota Shepley is it, is it like drinking from a fire hose for you like I get i you're a smart kid everybody back here's cheering for you. I talked to a few former rider personnel guys Ryan Pollock being one of them. he's really excited for you but is it like drinking from a fire hose like we just discussed earlier here all the things thrown at you plus you're playing in the NFL
1: yeah, no it's definitely come at me quick. thankfully when I first got here, they threw me at center and i uh I picked up the offense pretty well I've you know kind of baptism by fire forced to learn the offense real quick when you're at center making all the calls and then I've uh, gradually moved to to guard since I've been here so uh, they did it the right way with me um, like I said throw me in the mix uh, and have me not really fend for myself but learn uh, at an accelerated rate um, so yeah it's, it's everything's coming real quick and then you know like with the activation it's just like okay get ready to you know you probably your next stop if someone goes down so it's, it's been a lot um but nothing i'm not prepared for and haven't been preparing for for this whole season so.
0: yeah no kidding do you have to pinch yourself though dakota say again do you have to pinch yourself a little bit that i'm like i know you had to try out with the, you had the try out with the jets but now you're actually in the national football league you have your foot in the door you're on special teams blocking for field goals and extra points get, you know getting some duties here or there like do you have to pinch yourself
1: yeah, I think I think it'll hit me more once the season is over. Uh, right now, it's as you can imagine, pretty wild and crazy with uh, all the running around we've had to do as a team and uh, everything else going on with injuries and and you know cases popping up here and there and we're in a hot spot here in Arizona. So it, you know it takes your mind off of the the reality of of where I'm at and 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 the things that I've achieved. And I think, like I said, after the season, I'll probably take a step back. Uh, I think once I see my family and, and, you know, I hear what their experience was like um, firsthand, you know, watching me and, and talking to my friends, mm. I think that's that's when it will hit me. But as of right now, it's like I don't have time to sit back and think really because it's like it could be up this week. You never yeah. know.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a very uh, much uh, perform now business. What have you done for me lately? That's crazy too, Dakota Shepley. Your family would normally probably come to a game or two. They can't even come watch.
1: Yeah, so what's crazy is I haven't actually been in Canada since like April because I went down to train in Texas uh, in the beginning of the year and with the CFL being postponed and then ultimately canceled and then the possibility of you know, getting a workout or an opportunity with an NFL team, I just didn't really want to go back to Canada because I didn't know if I, had, if I would have been locked down or whatever was going on with the world at the time. Um, so I haven't been home in a while. So uh, it'll be a long time coming, going back to Canada, you know, let alone Windsor.
0: Yeah. Hey, uh, how how do you, we talk about the mental side of the game and obviously football, people that don't really know, you're not dumb linemen. You got to know everything. You got to know lots of stuff, especially as a center. So that's the mental part there. But what about the mental part? You talk about it. You're on the sidelines. You're the next guy up. How how do you stay mentally how do you stay mentally sharp there and then you just talked about it you haven't been around your family since April you're living out of a suitcase since April how, mm-hmm. how how do you deal with the that mental side of it Dakota
1: Oh I think that's just the way that my career has has gone it's just you deal with what's thrown at you and adapt and overcome and I think that's something that I've come to be pretty good at in my uh my my 3 years of professional being in the professional system here is like if something doesn't work out your way, which I think everyone on Earth can relate to right now. Things not going your way or how you plan, um, it's just something you deal with, and and you take it one day at a time, really. And uh, that's what I've been doing, and it's it's been working out for me, so. Certainly. Um, i'm just going keep doing that a couple yeah
0: seasons yeah through. yeah no kidding certainly has who's taking you under his wing i know it's a it's a cutthroat business guys are protecting their own mm-hmm. jobs but veterans uh, bring guys under their wings uh, or coaches who who's really helped you out with your uh, situation there
1: there's a guy here he's an 11 year vet um named ben garland he's our center unfortunately he hurt his calf uh, a few a few weeks back but ever since i got here he's been really teaching me how to be a pro in the nfl and uh he's a he went to air force uh university so he himself is is someone that i can i mean i don't know what it's like to be in the air force or part of the military of any kind but the way that he runs and operates is uh something that i look up to and i think he recognized that and is kind of uh, taken to me and, and has helped me out any way he could. So,
0: so tell me that I hear, I hear this from a lot of guys not just you he uh, you know I learn how to be a pro is there a difference between mm-hmm. being an NFL pro and a CFL pro Dakota because in the lead up to this interview you showed me your schedule and it's very cool. it's very tight and I've talked to other guys saying you know the CFL is great I love the CFL it's great football great competition but it's more a business in the NFL are you finding it that
1: yeah, I think it's I think it's just uh it's it's just like the CFL but you got to understand that you know there's there's 30 million people in in Canada and 330 million in the States. It's just everything is just such a larger scale and you know there's 32 teams in this league and and the operation and the staff size is quadrupled. Like it's just uh like the way I would describe it is it's way more intense. There's there's just a lot more riding uh, you think of the financial standpoint of the game and the team success and, and everything that goes into it from there, it's just the the pressure and, and the thought in the back of your head that, you know, there's a lot of money to be made or there's a lot of money to be lost.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, given my success or, or otherwise. So
0: yeah,
1: it's, uh, it's just a lot to think about and, and take every, There's a lot of things that come into account when you're, You know, when you're here and it's like, hey, it took me so long to get here and and now there's high expectations for you to succeed. So
0: I I think that's the biggest difference. I want to fit two more quick questions in because I know you're busy and one of them pertains to your busyness. Just walk us through, walk my listeners through what today, like for instance, what today looks like for you? What did it look like for you?
1: Yeah, well, uh, we had a team meeting at 745 and a lift at 820, but I just like having my you know, I don't like being rushed, so I, I I got up at five, got my lift in at five thirty until six thirty. Uh kinda had like a pre meeting film session by myself just looking over uh the last game and uh just watching, and keeping eyes on my position, uh taking notes for you know, what to improve on for the week and then we had a team meeting at seven forty five, uh, followed by a uh position meeting at 925, and then we're in special teams meetings leading up to another team meeting at 1055, uh, position meeting 1125, and then we start prepping for practice at uh, 12. <laughs> so it's it's pretty – and that's all before practice, and then there's uh, practice meetings afterwards so we'll be going here until it's like about 6
0: 30. Wow just busy times okay so I'll let you go I'll let you go on this one question here what was your right. what was your welcome to the NFL moment like what you know either somebody you blocked or just a vivid memory that you know you got into the game what was do you have one so far I know it's still early in your career.
1: There's actually you know this this last game was a big game for me because you may not know uh Tyrone Crawford uh defensive lineman on the uh the Cowboys is a Windsor, Ontario mm-hmm. native. So it was, it meant a lot to me to be on the field at the same time as him. And, uh, I, I blocked him on field goal and that was really cool for me. So the realization that it is possible to make it to the NFL as a Canadian, uh, let alone like a small town Windsor kid and, you know, have someone else from the same city, uh, it's just pretty cool. That's just a pretty cool thing to happen. I don't know, uh, the odds of of that being uh, a thing, but uh, that was pretty sweet. And then a field goal that I had blocked for was our, our kicker, Robbie golds 400th made field goal. And there's only 10 other guys that have ever done that in the history of the league. And I think, you know, that was pretty special for me to be able to help him achieve that goal. Uh, you know this past
0: game well you're obviously a heck of a football player and you're one hell of a dude thanks for taking time out of your very busy schedule to join us continued success and as a lot of people said we're never going to see dakota shepley again in the cfl and we we're hoping for that as much as i i love you man i'm i'm, I'm cheering for you so good luck okay
1: all right yeah i appreciate you thank you very
0: much And it is time now for the pick six here on Growing the Game with Ballsy, which is sponsored by Sass Football, as we said in the opening. Building the great iron stars of tomorrow today. Really thanks Zelko for everything he's done in this community for sure, including helping the Thunder get their uh, clubhouse back up to snuff in terms of the weight room and the floor. We'll talk to Scott McCauley about that in another installment of Growing the Game with Ballsy. But now it's time to take a look at the NFL coaching carousel a relatively calm black Monday resulted in the firings of Doug Marone of Jacksonville and Anthony Lynn of the Chargers adding two more openings to the list of NFL head coaching jobs so let's rank the six gigs okay starting with number six the Detroit Lions. Now, most of the appeal is tied to Matt Stafford's uncertain future in Detroit. The Lions are facing a cap crunch and may look to move on from their longtime starter, who is two years and $42.1 million remaining on his deal. If so, they'll embark on a rebuilding process that will likely take years. This is one of the NFL's least talented rosters, And it may not be possible to find the franchise quarterback, the next one, with the number seven overall selection. Number five in Ballsy's pick six, the Falcons. The Falcons' job isn't undesirable. Atlanta is still viewed as a strong organization, with an owner who's demonstrated patience and a great new stadium as well. But the team has very few attractive pieces. Quarterback Matt Ryan and receiver Julio Jones still have some tread left on the tires, but they are getting older and have fat contracts. They do have the fourth overall pick, but they do have a cap issue too. Candidates will take the job. They just won't fight over it. Number four job, the Texans. Quarterback Deshaun Watson is probably the second most valuable building block in the entire NFL after Patrick Mahomes. But nearly everything else about this job is undesirable. Though Watson is under contract through 2025, J.J. Watt has made it clear he doesn't want to stick around for a rebuild and is all but out the door already. The Texans could try to trade him, but a soon-to-be 32-year-old with an injury history as exhaustive as any player in football probably won't fetch more than a mid-round pick. And thanks to the terrible management of ex-coach and de facto GM Bill O'Brien, mid-round picks are all they got. To make matters worse, they only have $10 bucks in cap space, so expect them to make some cuts, and they'll get worse before they get better. Number three attractive coaching job. Believe it or not, the Jets. Now, this team is perennially bad, partly because of bad ownership, but this is essentially a ground-up rebuild, and the Jets are among the league leaders in salary cap space and have extra first-round picks in 2021 and 2022 from the Jamal Adams trade to Seattle. They could take a quarterback with a number two pick, or they could keep third-year quarterback Sam Darnold and trade that pick for more picks and an accomplished starting player, which is what I think they should do. But in New York, if you turn around the Jets, you'll be heroic, and that kind of appeal has to be intoxicating. Number two attractive job, the Jags. More than $75 million in cap space, the right to select Trevor Lawrence, and... Extra draft picks in the first, second, fourth, and fifth rounds make this vacant head coaching and general manager job in Jacksonville the most attractive gigs in recent memory. Now, the warm climate and favorable income tax situation in Florida doesn't hurt either as talks of a move to London have died down. Now, the only downfall is that owner Shad Khan, who is patient, plans to run the football operation. So that's a big red flag for any coach like an Urban Meyer that wants to take this thing over. And have his own way. And the top job as I see it ranking the six open NFL vacancies in Ballsies pick six, my Sandy, my Los Angeles Chargers. Well, at least my team is first at something, right? Everything about this job except for inept ownership and playing Patrick Mahomes twice a year is top shelf. Quarterback Justin Herbert is a no-brainer offensive rookie of the year. This kid's going to go toe-to-toe with Mahomes for a decade with the right coaching. This team is a very talented roster, but always seems to get that injury bug worse than any other team. With a few smart offseason moves to shore up their remaining holes and, like I said, some better luck on the injury front, there's no reason this team can't immediately open a window for contention and do it in a brand-new stadium that they rent in one of the world's biggest markets. But then I recently heard the Chargers are interested in interviewing former Cowboys coach and Giants OC Jason Garrett. So you just know they're going to, pardon my French, fuck it up. This has been Growing the Game with Ballsy. If you have a football story you'd like to share to help us grow the game, email Michael Ball at mball at harvardbroadcasting.com. Ballsey can be heard weekdays in Regina on one hundred four point nine The Wolf Morning Show and during Saskatchewan Rough Riders and U of R Rams broadcasts on six twenty CKRM.